Nobody kisses like me is what is what I was saying before we started the live show. Ha ha ha! Don't you wish you came out earlier now? Uh, nobody kisses like me in movies and TV shows. That's all there is to it. Uh, I I I get told I'm a nice kisser. I get told I'm a good kisser. I'll I'll be perfectly honest with you. I I think it's just the lips. I do. I think I just have nice lips, and they do all the work for me. Cause I never I never came up with a stratagem. I never, I was never like, okay, well, how do you kiss? I just started doing it. Women were like, hey, you're great at that. And I was all like, I know, babies. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay, well, whatever. I, I feel pressure with my lips, and I respond to that pressure with my lips. And then after I do that for a while, uh, a woman will generally let me undress her. That's, that's how that works. I don't, I don't really have a lot of insight in case anybody was all that curious about it. Uh. <laughs> I'm a little high, and I'm in a great mood, so I may get extra rambly tonight. Uh, we've got lots and lots uh, to get to at the reading. We've got lots and lots of requests. They're coming in earlier all the time, so thank you very much for that. But uh, I'm just warning you guys now, you may be hitting plus 15 seconds a lot. This isn't a callback. I'm not going to keep saying plus 15 seconds over and over again. But you may be having to do that because uh, I'm in too good of a mood to really, like, rail myself in. Uh, we've been talking about supernatural shit, so it kind of reminds me of Angel, uh, since that show just had its 20-year reunion. Uh, anyway, I've kind of been thinking about that show. The whole point of the TV show Angel is that the character Angel can't get too happy. They they forget about that in the later seasons. But like the first two, three seasons, they're like, you're happy, uh-oh. And uh, and every, every like, white guy uh, in the, f every white guy uh, <laughs> of that period is all like, I know. Being a white guy is so hard right now, here in 1999. Ugh, so complicated. <laughs> Just you wait, Johnny Mnemonic. Things are gonna get fucking crazy for ya. <laughs> like I said, I'm not gonna be reeling it in tonight. Expect a lot of that kind of freewheeling. <laughs> so... Uh, where the fuck was I? Nobody kisses like me in movies and TV shows. This is 100% true. Nobody, nobody's ever doing it. And the worst part is, is when anybody tries to, like, represent how I touch a woman in popular media, uh, it's always, it's always got a cover where the woman's eyes are, like, cast at the floor and, like, her body posture is telling you that she's not in control and the cover's very, very dark and there's there's some illusion that maybe things aren't going great. Like that's the only time somebody kisses a, a woman, like I kiss a woman in real life, and yeah, that's got me a little bit worried. So the way that I kiss a woman when I want to kiss someone when I'm really attracted to her, I I, I generally uh, like to make sure that everything that I'm going to do to her is wanted before I begin. Uh, the way that this is portrayed in, in things like Fifty Shades of Grey is awful. Like contracts and all these discussions and like, you must agree to everything I want before I begin, or else I won't even begin to touch you. Uh, I don't do anything like that. That's ridiculous. But I do want enthusiastic... I didn't know what enthusiastic consent was, but I went for it all my life. Because what turns me on, what really turns me on is saying something like, I want to touch your hip. 
I'm going to touch your hip. Is that all right? After I ask, something like that. Or, I want to put my hands on you tonight. Is that okay? Will you tell me if it doesn't become okay? I want to put my hand on your collarbone. I want to grab your neck. I'm going to grab your neck now. Stuff like that until we move in. And then I feel comfortable that she's 100% okay with everything. And then I stop. Then I stop asking, because after a certain point, it becomes ridiculous. Like, after a certain point, like, I'm going to stick a finger inside your pussy now. That's okay. But after a certain point, you can be like, okay, now I'm going to put my pink in. Is that all right? You all right with that? Okay, now the middle finger. Is that okay? Is that all right? We're good with that? Okay. Two or one. Two or one. Two or one. One or two. Which is better? One or two. One or two. Okay. All right. Three or four. Three or four. Three or four? Okay. Five or six. This isn't the number of fingers. This is what an optometrist does. That's what I'm doing. One or two. 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 Fifteen seconds. So I 100 percent, you know, I I absolutely enjoy uh, getting to that point. But I also understand that getting to that point is tenuous. And I don't want the woman to say yes at any point either. If a woman says yes at some point in this inquiry, yeah. I, I, I take that as a soft no. That's not to say a defer- affirmation is taken as a soft no, but if a woman goes, yeah, or uh-huh, I take that as a, well, let's just be cautious around that. Let's just be slow about it. Let's just go in nice and easy. Because people will say yes and no, to things that they don't want to say yes or no to if somebody else suggests them. That's just how it works. There's nothing about any kind of intimacy or sexuality. That's just how it works. If I ask you a question and I nod my head, I'm going to have a better chance of you saying yes than if I don't. That's how it works. I don't like it any more than you do, but that is how we're wired. And so a yes is a bit tacit to me. I take it as a soft no. It's not a no. I'm not being rejected. There's nothing to be offended about, uh, even if I were. But there's nothing, there's nothing to change course about, obviously. But what you should do is find another approach, right? I can do this for you. And if the person goes, okay, well, you've made a sale, but don't you want to make a better one since you're making an offer? Don't you want to make an offer where they say great instead of okay? And that's my philosophy. So I... I, I I do keep probing, and I do keep trying to find another way in if I think that they want me, and they're just, I just haven't reached it yet. And so as we, as we sort of do that dance around the center of the difference between what we're saying and what we're thinking, feeling, and wanting, uh, what, I, what I want to do is explore it, and I want to do it tersely. So let's just assume that I do get a hard yes, and I'm moving in, and I'm escalating. The way that men kiss women in movies or touch women in movies or, or try and transition from that kissing, especially kissing towards the beginning of a relationship, into sex is you're kissing, you're kissing, your bodies are all the way apart, your, your necks are craned in, there might be some touching on your shoulders or a hip uh, or, or, or a rib, maybe the lower back, and then uh, a pull-in, and then you transition into sex. 
Yeah, that's how it's typically shown in media. And I have to say, I think that's fucking nuts. And I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or if that's just a crazy betrayal. Because the way that I like to do it is, okay, so now I'm touching your shoulder. Okay, so now I'm grabbing your shoulder. Okay, so now I'm running a hand up and down your side. Okay, well, now that I know that you really like it, and now that I've stopped asking questions, and now that you, you're keeping your eyes on me uh, and you're not looking away, uh, well, now I have to put both of my hands on both of your hips and push you up against a wall. Or I have to, like, pull you against me suddenly and slam your body into mine and then put both of my hands up behind your back and grab both of your shoulder blades and kiss you hard on the lips. Or I have to get my hand in your hair and I have to give it just the slightest tug back. I'm not pulling. I'm just giving the slightest tug back. I'm just tilting you a little bit. I'm just showing you how easy it would be for me to pull that fucking head back all the way. Okay, that's how I kiss. And it's only the only time a guy ever kisses a woman like that in media. He is 100% the bad guy. If you ever see a man in a movie or TV show do what I am talking about, he will 100% turn out to be a bad guy. It's never already a bad guy either, because that would announce him, I think. I think if he's a bad guy, he's like, I'm a bad, bad man. He's like slapping women and then kissing him. You're like, ooh, I think that's too much. I don't think it works. But like... It's always like, yes, I own an art studio, and I'm a really, I'm a really interesting guy and very eccentric. And then he gets all handsy with her on that first date, and you're like, oh, oh, what's interesting? But then he turns out to be like a rapist and some shit. That's always how it fucking plays out. The only people who kiss in fucking movies like I do are always the bad guys, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> then he ends up eating an apple. I don't even know what that's a reference to, but it's awesome. Uh, the way that you try apple is this a trope eating an apple means you're evil okay what's the name of that mini series the tenth kingdom that's got some apple eaters in it that's got some evil apple eaters in it Well, CinemaSin says a lot of things, but uh, even though it says a lot of things, very little of them are of value. So just keep that in mind about CinemaSins. Let's just, I'll get into CinemaSins real quick about this one. Uh, if you guys ever look it up, CinemaSins, I don't know if this is still true. It was true about two years ago on Tumblr. The guy who runs CinemaSins, the guy who does the voice for CinemaSins, uh, he actively looks for mentions of his name on Tumblr. And then responds to people who have said something that's not positive and insults them. <laughs> there's there's entire pages devoted. He's done it like hundred. He's not like he's done it like once or twice. He's literally hundreds of responses of this guy on the official account on on the Cinema Sins account on Tumblr, where somebody would be like. His voice is so bad. And like, you know, like the A is extended. Like it's a bunch of A's, right? And like he will, 
apparently be searching for mentions of him because how else is he finding it? And then he will respond directly to them on Tumblr and be all like, your life is so bad. Like, I swear to fuck, that's a real one. I'm quoting. I'm quoting. And there's like hundreds of them. There's like hundreds of them. And I don't even remember. Like, I've never, I, this is a true story. This is absolutely true. I have never once searched for Grey Knight reviews, Grey Knight opinions, great quotes on the... I I don't know. You could give me a box of them. You could give me a folder of them, and I wouldn't open it. You could put it in my fucking hand, and I would not open it. I don't... I love you guys. I do. I do. I love you guys. But numbers and engagement and all that kind of thing speaks for itself in my world. Right? Like... If you like, if you keep coming back, you obviously like something. Uh, and if you have feedback, you guys are not shy about letting me know. So I don't need to go looking for it. And I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the kind of personality who's all like, well, I've got all this money and I've got all this success and I've got this brand and I've got this job and it's this thing that I say I love doing. You know what I'm going to do? See if anybody on the internet has a problem with me. I'm going to see if anybody on the entire internet has an issue with me. Now, I know that this is a novel... Gentlemen, gentlemen, since we don't hire any women here at CinemaSins, gentlemen, hear me out. What if we performed an experiment where somebody looked on the internet for negative comments about a human being? It's got to be out there somewhere. We just haven't found it yet. And I think we, we can be the team to find it. Like, what do you, what do you, what do you fucking, like, what do you fucking do with your life? How can you imagine being on top of the world in that way? I, I, I have my, my little fiefdom. I have my little tiny fiefdom. And I enjoy it. We've, we've soft opened at this point. We've definitely not hard opened until I get all my shit together. But like... I, I have my little segment, and it's good. When somebody cuts me off in traffic sometimes, these days, I'm like, eh, I'm the green eye, fuck you. Like, that's, like, that's, that's an, ah, eh, fuck you. I don't give it, eh, who the fuck are you? I don't give a shit. That's, that's, that's enough, right? How do you not get to a certain point where you can do that with literally everybody, but then you also do the opposite? Could you imagine... Because in, in the future, yearbooks are going to be electronic. There's no way that they can't, right? That's just how we're heading. So yearbooks are eventually going to be interactive and, like, curated. And, like, only people are going to be allowed to, like, you know, make comments on their own yearbook photo or groups or whatever years after the yearbook is closed, right? Like, it's only a matter of time until yearbooks become interactive. And there's going to be two kinds of people after that happens. There are people who put their fucking yearbooks away and never think about it again and live happy lives and are just joyous about it, right? They're just fantastic about it. And then there's going to be the other kind of people who just can't help. But decades, years, long after fucking high school will open up the little electronic yearbook and be all like, what the fuck that bitch think about me now? Like they can't, they won't be able to help it. They won't be able to help it. It'll be in there. They know it's there. And so they'll have to check. 
And all I can say is, if you're in party number two, get out, man. Don't be a cinema censor. There's, there's never, ever going to be an end to people who have an issue with you. And not only that, but the people who love you today, you're only one slave girl part two away from them thinking you're the worst fucking content creator they've ever heard. You're only one misstep away from them literally. And I know because I'm the exact same way I am. I'm, I'm one. I love, I love billions. I'm two shitty episode, billions episodes away from fucking hating that show. And I love that show. So I'm the exact same way. But I'm trying to tell you, you can never, ever, 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 ever care what other somebody else is saying about you. You you absolutely have to never do it. At this point, I'm sleeping in, in gym shorts, right? But that's only because I don't have the money to sleep in the sleepwear that I want. Eventually, once I get rich enough, I'm going to have custom kind of knitted chaps made, right? Very soft, very kind of like silk cotton blendy, like gym shorts. And they're going to be very tight because I like a secured silk egg package up front for my huevos, okay? I like a little coin purse action when I'm sleeping. Otherwise, they flop around, get between my thighs, wake me up in the middle of the night. So I like a little security right there in front. Some buttons are nice, you know, in case it's having an interview later, right? Or going to the beach, a couple of buttons up in front are nice, just in case. That's always fun. So I'm going to have those. Those are all nice. And what I'm going to do, though, however, is around the back is I'm going to have it cut out. You know those old jammies that you see in, like, 1930s cartoons? Uh, they're usually red for some reason. And they've got the two buttons, and you can unbutton, and your ass flat pulls out. I'm going to have those, except I'm not going to have the buttons in the back. I'm just going to have the back open. My ass cheeks are just going to be exposed comfortably so that they come out. And so that way, even as I sleep, even as I sleep... You all can fucking find it in your part to kiss my fucking ass. Even as I sleep soundly and comfortably, if you so wish to, you would be able to easily kiss my fucking ass. <laughs> That's... I just... I need you <laughs> to... <laughs> wow, that went over pretty well. I hope that went over as well at home. All right. That's it for this. That's it for that. Oh, fuck it. You know you won when you got that reaction. Okay, let's move into quick quotes. Let's move into quick quotes. All right, that went over way better than expected. I've been working on that for a couple of days now, and I'm so pleased that you guys enjoyed it. Excellent. All right. <laughs> oh, that whole routine. Quick quotes, quick quotes. Come on, put them in, put them in, put them in. We're definitely stopping the end of Daddy Rambling after that reaction. That was That was it. We got where we wanted. Quick quotes, quick quotes. Get them in, especially new girls. You know that we love them. <laughs> I'm in love with your reaction. I thought the whole time I was making, I'm like, I don't know how to get to this. I don't know how to get to this punchline. And so the whole time I was like writing that joke <laughs> these last couple of days, I was like, how do you, how do you, how do you set it up so that they know that they're thinking about your ass the entire time? And they know that you're talking about not giving a shit the entire time. How do you get to kiss your ass? And the only way I could get there was obfuscation. It's the only way I could come up with the joke. It's like, maybe if I talk about how, like, ornate and how, and how, and how involved other parts of the pro, they won't be thinking about the ass and then it'll sneak up on them. And it worked! <laughs> this direction.
Boy, I'm really glad I have the mic at a distance right now. I can see how loud I am. <laughs> I'm going to pull it forward for the poetry and all that. I'm really glad. When I'm just fucking belting it out like that, I, I, I don't need to eat the mic as much. I'm loud because I'm having a good time. Oh, my God. Quick quotes. I know you guys have some. You have to. It's your favorite part. There we go. They're starting to trickle in. Trying to buy some time. Uh, I, 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 uh, Boy, what do I have to, I, I, I'm boring these days while I'm buying time. Uh, I really am. I've been doing a whole lot of, of extra work and you guys will, will, will see that soon. Uh, but like legitimately, I'm just terribly boring these days. Uh, and uh, I, I eat the same things over and over again. Uh, I do the same routine over and over again. Uh, I'm almost done with it, and uh, I'll be taking my vacation time real, real soon here. I am very excited for that. Um, but besides maybe, like, ordering at a pizza, like, literally a pizza, uh, I've just been really doing great with uh, my diet and exercise regimen. And so I don't want to lose it. And legitimately, uh, I was looking at my next uh, delivery, my next grocery delivery. And there's some chicken on there. But that's it. That's the only animal product on there. There's some chicken on there. And everything else is just uh, fruit, vegetable, uh, a kind of, uh, of protein powder, uh, a nut, and it's all so healthy, and I've been doing really great with it. And you guys have been so wonderful and so encouraging, and thank you very much for that. Uh, so I guess just as we wait for the quick quotes to fill up, uh, I uh, I feel really good. If you guys didn't know about this, Jason Momoa is getting shamed, getting body shamed, getting dad bod shamed. Have you guys heard about this? You can look it up. Uh, Jason Momoa is being dad bod shamed, and uh, it is legitimately guys. If we can keep it clear for quick quotes, please. Uh, uh, Jason Momoa is being uh, dad bod shamed, and the thing that's crazy about it is you can just Google it, uh, or Ali maybe if Ali can find it. Jason Momoa dad bod. Uh, it's it's absolutely crazy because obviously when he's Aquaman, he's in perfect super shape, right? He's doing amazing. When he's Aquaman, he's he's clearly just a pinnacle of, of human condition, right? No, no joke, no sarcasm. And on the right, he looks really great. He does. He doesn't look like Aquaman, but he looks fucking good. He looks good. His pecs are strong. His 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 midsection looks very solid. It's just not as defined. He looks good. And so I. Uh, just as a quick, like, little victory lap, because well, we're talking about uh, how good groceries and, and not eating out is going for me. I, um, 100% was just having a low self-esteem day physically. And I was already super, 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 super proud of it, right? Because I was only having a low self-esteem day. Thank you so much, Ellie. A low self-esteem day physically. I was just looking at it. And I was like, oh, I want to fix this, and I want to improve that, and I want to get that going, uh, and I want to get it better. And, and of course, if Jason Momoa <laughs> on the left 
uh, for all the girls on the live show. If Jason on the left can't get it, then, uh-oh, I'm never going to get it. Uh, yada, 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 yada. And so I went to a, a women's forum that I visit from time to time. And when I did go ahead and jump on in there, I uh, I searched for this because I knew it was going to be on there because that's why I went to that women's forum that I've been lurking on for many years. And, of course, it was. It was on there. And can I just say, right, this is a women's forum and they can be pretty mean. <laughs> this is this is not like a women's in quotation marks forum. This is a forum where women are talking to women. It's kind of hidden. They don't give a shit. And... <laughs> I open up that thread, kind of not knowing what to expect, already having kind of a bad self-esteem day. And legitimately, bottom of my heart, it's nothing but women calling other women who are insulting his body bitches and talking about how fuckable he is, talking about how hot he is, talking about how much they wanted to fuck David Harbour in season three of Stranger Things, and talking about how much they wanted to get with him. And it was so amazing. It was so awesome. It immediately lightened me up. I felt so good about it. Like, I feel really, really good about my body right now besides my gut. And so just just legitimately, from the bottom of my heart, while I was telling the story for the for the queue to fill up, uh, I just, I legitimately think it's so awesome. I don't show off my body or anything that to you guys, but you guys show me that level of support all the time. You guys show me that level of support whether or not I'm bringing it or not, whether or not I'm feeling it or not whether or not I'm putting out work every week or whether I'm out sick for a month. You guys have 100% shown me that level of support all the way through this entire process. And I can't thank you enough for it. It really put a pep in my step. Uh, and it's just one of those stories. I mean, it's, I'm talking about talking about pictures in internet form. So obviously it's one of those things that you go through alone. But I did think about it afterwards. And I did give myself a good, like I said, a good look in the mirror before I looked at the, the, the women's forum preparing myself for the worst. And I looked in the mirror afterwards, and I really don't like the way that my midsection looks right now compared to how it has in the past, what I'm trying to do with it, yada, 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 recovery, fitness. You guys know that problem. You guys know all that shit. Um, but that's it. I know that it's just a gut, and I know that it's in my head, and I know that you have parts of your body or, or, or body issues yourself when you look in the mirror, and uh, y you, you have those issues. And you still choose to be empathetic and giving and supportive. And thank you so much for that. Uh, I got into a conversation recently. I am going to start reading quick quotes. I swear to fucking Christ, right after this. Uh, I got into a conversation about how fandoms 100% um, rep represent uh, the person uh, that they're fans for. The guys you're standing for, uh, the people who are standing for their... St oh my God, I don't know how else to say it. But fans do 100% percent have different niches and emotions and feelings and that sort of thing. And you guys have consistently been, like I said, on that women's forum, supportive and encouraging and saying you're so sexy to me and each other and all the rest. Thank you so much for it. Legitimately, legitimately, legitimately. Okay, quick quotes. <clears throat> Hello, sweetheart. Daddy's had a long day. So why don't you get on your knees and make daddy feel better? Okay. <clears throat> Show me how you like it, baby girl. You sing so beautifully. 
Can you do it again for me? You've been a very good girl, Tini. You've gotten through the difficult parts, but the storm isn't over yet. You like that? You're such a dirty fucking slut. I want my mouth on you. All over you. Your tits. Your ink. Your pussy. You cheeky little whore. My love, I'm going to kiss you so deep your eyes will sparkle again. Oh, baby, girl, you're such a little tease, aren't you? We're all alone, baby girl. No one is coming to save you. Yee-haw. One more time. <clears throat> Yee-haw. <laughs> thinks you're doing amazing, baby girl. Aw, X, sweetheart, baby girl, don't lie to me. I know you want to go for another round. Breathe, baby girl. Breathe. <laughs> I love watching you thrash under my tongue. Ooh, I'm going to do that one again. <clears throat> I love watching you thrash under my tongue. Since we did, in fact, talk about Supernatural, you just yeed your last haul. There's some cultures out there where they don't mind if their culture is co-opted. There's some cultures where they mind that tremendously, but there's some cultures where they don't. The Irish are a great example. Go ahead, call us all drunks and leprechauns. We don't give a shit. Uh, that's, that's the Irish stance, uh, apparently, on media. Uh, and it's the same with cowboys. Uh, I, I grew up cowboy. I grew up around cowboys. Uh, we don't care. Yeah, go ahead, do a cowboy episode. We don't give a shit. We've never, we, we don't give a shit, so go ahead. Have, have your Winchesters uh, shoot pistols uh, and a zombie cowboy. We don't, we don't care. We know you're making fun of us. <laughs> Any last quick quotes? Quick quotes, quick quotes, quick quotes. Come on, girls. Come on, girls. I waited for that cue to fill up. I know you want me to say your name. I know you want me to say something for you. I know you want it, baby. Baby. Baby, I know you want it from me. Hurry up now, put it in. Baby, 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 you're going to make me beg, baby. Finishing up quick quotes, final ones going in now, please. After all of that uh, sincerity I gave you and all of that time killing I did, I still got no quick quotes. Girls, girls, you're supposed to be taking advantage. 
My, 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 my. Just look at how drenched you are, baby girl. Oh, baby girl, I know it aches. Come here. Let daddy kiss it all better. Come on, princess. Beg for it. Oh, Maria, what am I going to do with you? Don't try to hide your arousal. I can smell you from here, and it's fucking hot. I know damn well you did not just raise your voice at me. Bend over now. Let's get a soft one to end it on. There we go. You are so cute. Okay, girls. Thank you so much for quick quotes. I very much appreciate everybody who did go ahead and throw one on into the ring. Appreciate it. And you, you can feel free to show your appreciation to me and all I've done and season one by throwing me some bones. Bones are delicious, delicious dollars that you can put into my tip jar. Each and every last one is appreciated, I assure you. Yes, I'm very proud of myself for getting done with season one. Yes, I'm very proud of myself that so many of you enjoyed a piece. Yes, I'm so very proud of myself that so many of you said that you had your favorite piece this season out of these 14 episodes of anything I've ever done. But yes, of all the things that you guys have given me praise on, the thing that I'm most proud of is a number of you said, I had a favorite this season and then you beat it. When that's coming in, I feel like the iron is really coming in and out hot, baby. That's when I feel sexy and strong. That's when I fucking feel it. Hello, Holly. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for coming out. Any new girls? Any other new girls? I didn't see any new girls for the quick quotes. Any other new girls want to say hello before we get into the... Until we get into the quotes? Before we, or before we get into the poetry? Gosh, I got ahead of myself. Anybody else? Anybody want to say hello? Anybody want to say hi as a new girl? No, it's too much pressure. I can just hear women at home, like at the recording, going like, what is this? No. No, I don't want it. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> does, any, does any girl, is any girl first night, come on stage, say hello, disrobe. It's no problem. Let's get a good look at you. Spin around. Don't worry. It's no problem. We're all friendly. Hello. Hello. Come come to the come to the pornographer's den and then identify yourself. Say hello, your first, your last name, where you live, the best time for me to call you, and how many dick pics I can send before you block me. Yes. Hello, everybody. Hello. How are you? Yes. It's a big question I have, because, like, in person, here's, here's my honest-to-God question. How many of you are going to be a little bit hesitant to touch my hand? Fess up. Fess up. There we go. We've got some people. How many of you are just like, I don't want to touch that hand? I don't want to touch that hand because I know what he does with it. I don't, I don't want him to touch me with that hand. I don't want to touch anything that touches that hand. I don't want anywhere near that hand. So here's the thing. For, like, for years now, I'm like, when I get to stage shows and what have you, right? When I get there, like, no one's going to want to touch my hand. But then I thought about it. I really thought about it. And I realized people 
are always hugging the shit out of porn stars in pictures. Like, when people get, like, porn star, like, pictures and shit in person, they wrap their arms around them and shit. Like, when you see pictures with porn stars and normal people, like, on selfies on the street, like, they're all up on them. And there's no way a porn star is cleaner than I am. No offense, it's just, it's just basic math. It's basic logistics. It's me here. It's two, it's at least two people in your fucking realm. So, fucking realm being, again, accurate. So there's absolutely no way I'm dirtier than a porn star. I'm sorry, that's just not physically possible. It's not a judgment. It's logistics. So, uh, you damn well better be throwing your arms around me and shaking my hands and shit. You damn well better be. Oh my god. I saw Mia Khalifa, a picture with her and two cops, and they were basically around her tighter than a gangbang scene that she was in. Okay? So it can't, you can't, I know those exact same two fucking cops be like, Ew, I don't want to touch his hand. Ew, ew, I don't want to touch his hand. Ew. Those same cops would be like, Oh, he masturbates with that hand. Oh, he's a masturbator. Those same two cops would be freaked out about my hand. We're all around the woman who got came on by 17 men in two minutes. They're like, Yes! When a guy, when a straight guy is thinking about how much he wants to be with a straight female porn star and then immediately has, like, a homophobic thought, don't you find that at least a little bit amusing? (laughs) I had this whole whole realization about, like, how not gross. I kept thinking, like, I'm going to be seen as so gross. And people are going to think I'm so gross because I masturbate and I masturbate and I record and you can listen to that and people are going to make so much fun of me and it's and people are going to think I'm so, they're not going to want to touch me and they're not going to want to be around me. And then I thought literally about, do you know why E3 became big? This is a true story before I get into, I told you guys, it's going to be a lot of fucking segues, this fucking conversation. Uh, if you, do you guys know how E3 became big? This is absolutely true. So E3 is the big video game show of the year. However, E3 and electronics started off as the literally across the stream, across the street basement uh, venue across the street from the annual Porn Star Awards is how E3 in the 80s started getting bigger and bigger. The Electronic Entertainment Expo, Exposition, E3. And it was people going to see the porn stars and getting signatures and AVN awards and what have you. And then in their off time, they would just stroll across the street to the E3 exhibit. And it slowly built up from there. Porn built E3. And back in the day when porn was the thing and E3 was the side event, porn is what was advertised. So if you went to Vegas during like the AVN awards or whatever, that's what the billboards were. Or that's what, that's what was being advertised in that town, is the porn stars are here. And it would be pictures of the porn stars. Come see the porn stars. Because that's, you know, everybody's in town to make that money. And there would be men, I mean, there still are to some degree, but it's not the same anymore. Not in a post-Comic-Con world, uh, it's not the same. But back then, the idea that you could go and see your favorite porn star and, like, give her a smooch on the cheek or what have you, and hug her for 50 bucks was like, oh my god, so many guys had to do that. That's what kept them fucking alive. (laughs) So, 
I kept realizing that for like decades, men would do everything they could, spend hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars, wait in line, go to a fucking desert hellhole in the middle of the summer to to be one of the men who got to place their lips on another woman's face that they have jerked off to being come on countless times by dozens of dicks, right? Right? They would do that and then turn around and if I offered them a handshake, pull back in revulsion. Penis related. And you know it's true. There are huge swaths of men out there who are who would who would lick Sasha Gray's fucking face. <laughs> but would somehow think that I hadn't made it out of the house without hand sanitizing since my last recorded jerk-off. I am 100% convinced of... And, like, I used to be afraid because I knew knew men were going to make fun of me. Like, they were going to be, like, terrified of me. And, like, they wouldn't shake my hand. Now times, I think I'm going... Nowadays, I think, like, oh, I'm going to use it against them. Like... Like if anybody if anybody ever wants something from me, first thing out, not even gonna say a word, just make eye contact, don't break it, just extend the hand. Boom. Boom. You want something from me? Boom. There it is. Right there. Don't say anything. And like and like they're gonna be like, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I don't really shake hands, be like, mm-hmm. Don't say anything. Don't break eye contact. Just keep the hand out. Oh, you know, I'm really that's not really in my culture, I don't. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? How are we going to play this one? You came to me. Who's grosser? The guy with the cum all over his hand or the guy who wants the money of the guy who has cum all over his hand? You tell me, sir. You're the scholar. That seems like a pretty good segue into very romantic poetry. That seems like a great segue into very romantic and heartfelt poetry. Doesn't everybody agree? (laughs) If you look up segue in the dictionary, then you will see a, a schematic for a motorized scooter that never caught on. All right, that joke sucked. All right, fuck it. Let's move on to the poetry. God, that was awful shit. (sighs) <sighs> all right one good joke and i think i can keep doing it uh-uh quit when you're ahead kids don't don't follow my folly <clears throat> i loved you first but afterwards your love outsoaring mine sang such a loftier song as drowning the friendly cooings of my dove which owes the other most my love was long, and yours one moment seemed to wax more strong. I loved and guessed at you. You construed me and loved me for what might or might not be. Nay, weights and measures do both a wrong, for verily love knows not mine or thine. With separate I and thou, free love, has done. 
for one is both, and both are one in love. Rich love knows not thine that is not mine. Both have the strength, and the both the length thereof. Both of us of the love which makes us one. I loved you first, but afterwards your love by Christina Rossetti. <clears throat> there was once a man who dwelt alone beneath the moon in shadow. He sat as long as lasting stone, and yet he had no shadow. The owls, the perches upon his head beneath the moon of summer, they wiped their beaks and thought him dead, who sat there dumb all summer. There came a lady clad in grey beneath the moon a shining. One moment did that stand and stay, her hair with flowers entwining. He woke as had the spring of stone beneath the moon in shadow, and clasped her feet both fresh and bone, and they were clad in shadow. And nevermore she walked in light, or over moonlit mountain, but dwelt within a hill where night is lit, but with a fountain. Save once a year, with caverns yawn, and hills are clad in shadow. They dance together, then till dawn, and cast a single shadow. The Shadow Man by J. R. R. Tolkien Anybody see that movie, by the way? I saw the preview and I said, that movie's gonna suck, and then nobody ever talked about it. Nobody said a word. <clears throat> Life has loveliness to sell, all beautiful and splendid things. Blue waves whitened on a cliff, soaring fire that sways and sings, and children's faces looking up, holding wonder in a cup. Life has loveliness to sell, music like a curve of gold, scent of pine trees in the rain, eyes that love you arms that hold, and for your spirit still delight, holy thoughts that star the night. Spend all you have for loveliness, buy it, and never count the cost. For one singing hour of peace, count many a year of strife well lost. And for a breath of ecstasy, give all you have been. All could be. Barter by Sarah Teasdale <clears throat> Leaving is not enough. You must stay gone. Train your heart like a dog. Change the locks even on the house you've never visited. You lucky, lucky girl. You have an apartment just your size. A bathtub full of tea. A heart the size of Arizona, but not nearly so arid. Don't wish away your cracked past, your crooked toes. Your problems are papier-mâché puppets you bought or made because the vendor at the market was so compelling you just had to have them. You had to have them. And you did. 
and now you pull down the bridge between your houses. You make him call before he visits. You take a lover for granted. You take a lover who looks at you like maybe you are magic. Make the first bottle you consume in this place a relic. Place it on whatever altar you fashion with a knife and five cranberries. Don't lose too much weight. Stupid girls are always trying to disappear as revenge. And you are not stupid. You loved a man with more hands than a parade of beggars. And here you stand. Hot like a four-poster bed, hot like a canvas, hot leaking something so strong they smell it in the street. Frida Kahlo to Marty McCollum. McConnell, I guess I should say. Yes, it's, uh, it's been a request a couple of times over the years, but uh, I never turn it down. Frida Kahlo said, fuck that shit. Kept rolling hard. So, uh... Yeah. <clears throat> oh. One second. I thought it was... Nope. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> Looking up at the stars, I know quite well that, for all they care, I can go to hell. But on earth, indifference is the least we have to dread from man or beast. How should we live like it were stars to burn with a passion for us we could not return? If equal affection cannot be, let the more loving one be me. Admirer, I think I am, of stars that do not give a damn. I cannot, now I see them say, I'll missed one terrible day. Were all stars to disappear or die, I should learn to look at an empty sky and feel its total dark sublime, though this might take me a little time. The More Loving One, W. H. Auden. Real quick on that one, uh, not this therapist, but the last therapist I had, he really broke me with that question. He really broke me. I'd never heard the question before, and he asked it bluntly, and we kept going around and around on it for multiple sessions. He asked me, is it better to be the one who loves more or the one who is loved more? Which is better? And I really, really, really struggled with that question. I, I found it very difficult to come up with my answer. And his, his counterpoints to my questions I found very, very difficult to put out of my mind. Even years after the fact, I think about those sessions uh, from time to time. And everybody has to decide for themselves which they really want to be, which they think is better. Because at the end of the day, you will be the one who loves or is loved more. You absolutely will be one of the two. So, what's your answer for you and why? <clears throat> I hear you whisper softly, and so I smile within. Eyes turn toward the bedroom where we fan this flame again. Slide my hand across your stomach, then beneath the gown you wear, trailing kisses along your neckline with gentle sighs escaping there. Oh, 
skin as soft as any given to man to touch, falling deeper in this moment, a realm of love and lust. Nothing here between us that hinders love at play, dividing headlong into passion, sweating bodies gently sway. We reach our goal together, crying out in sweet release, life tensions finally broken, as we pause before we speak. Love and Lust by William May, M.A.E. People ask if I have a type. Someone I'm attracted to. Blonde, brunette, redhead. Bold style, fit, average, soft. Intelligence, introvert, extrovert. I think we all have our own preference, but when it comes down to who I think I would want to spend the time with the rest of my life, I would have to say that it's more emotional than it would have to be physical. You could be the most perfect visual specimen in the world, but if your soul is black and your heart is empty, you might as well not exist to me. I need someone with feeling. A woman who could tell me an epic story with just her eyes and the way her lips curve just slightly when she recalls a treasured memory. I need an old soul, one who can love my heart first and see past the hurt. Because she knows what it's like. She understands. She speaks with her soul. She touches with her heart. Loves with her entire being. My type. Augustus Christopher. <clears throat> Lots of fun poems tonight. They're both convinced that a sudden passion joined them. Such certainty is beautiful, but uncertainty is more beautiful still. Since they'd never met before, they're sure that there'd been nothing between them. But what's the word from the streets, staircases, hallways? Perhaps they've passed each other a million times. I want to ask them if they don't remember a moment face to face in some revolving door. Perhaps a sorry muttered in a crowd, a curt wrong number caught in the receiver. But I know the answer. No, they don't remember. They'd be amazed to hear the chance that had been toying with them now for years. But not quite ready yet to become their destiny. It pushed them to close, but drove them apart. It barred their path, stifling a laugh, and then leaped aside. There were signs and signals, even if they couldn't read them yet. Perhaps just three years ago, or last Tuesday, a certainly fluttered from one shoulder to another. Something was dropped and then picked up. Who knows, maybe the ball that vanished into the childhood thicket? There were doorknobs and doorbells where one hand touched and covered another beforehand, suitcases checked and standing side by side, one night, perhaps, the same dream, grown hazy by morning. Every beginning is only a sequel, after all, and the book of events is always open, halfway 
through. Love at first sight. I'm going to go with Wislawa Zimbroska. Zimbroska. W I S L A W D W A. Goodness, dyslexia. S Z Y M B O R S K I. S K A. Ska. Wislala Zimbroska is what I'm going to go with. And they probably have a big pain in their shoulder right now for me mispronouncing it that badly. What? What? How? What's, what is this? Why does that hurt so bad? Who's saying my name? We wake as if surprised there is other. <clears throat> we wake as if surprised the other is still there, each petting the sheet to be sure. How have we managed our way to this bed beholden to heat like dawn, indebted to the light. Though we're not self-important as to think everything has led to this, everything has led to this. There's a name for the animal love makes of us, I think, like rain, for the sound it makes. You are the animal after whom other animals are named, until there's none left to laugh, days will start with the same startle and end with caterpillars gorged on milkweed. Oh, how we entertain the angels with our brief animation. Oh, how I'll miss you when we're dead. Object Permanence by Nicole Seeley Wow, two big poems about death. That was it for poetry. I hope you guys enjoyed them all. I certainly did. We got a great sampling. We have one little piece of prose, and then we'll get into the smut. There is a delicate scent in my room. I have before made the second of your lovely veils, and when I press it to my face, I can almost feel the sweet, warm breath from your mouth. The violets you picked for me yesterday are now blooming anew, the smell soft and fresh, the cushion of the divan and chair by the window belong to you. Helen, they have become appendages to your present. Indeed, everything in my room is the same, the mirror in front of which you arranged your hair, the window I have seen you looking through so seriously, the last pale rays of sunlight which make your hair gleam gold, the glowing fire in the stove, in the laurel wreath, and my dear little cover on the bedside table, everything, everything is yours. And there's no wonder, seeing that I myself have become so entirely your creation. All my possessions and even thought are somehow alone or gift from you. Dressing in the morning, for instance, when I get an idea for a theme, a mood, or sometimes even a single chord, at best at whole extended melody. Then I always feel it has come flying in from you. It's the same with everything. If I read something out of the ordinary with difficult parts in it, I imagine myself understanding those parts and penetrating its mysteries only through you, Helen. 
I mean this reading in the wildest sense. If I look at nature with the eyes of a sensitive reader, when I hear music or see paintings or but why go on with a list of all the things which have come into my life only through you? Oh, Helen, how can I live without you? I am completely yours. Alban Berg to Helen Nowowski. Well, that was very sweet. Okay. <clears throat> We've got lots of smarts. Everybody having a good time? I said everybody be quiet during the uh, quick quotes because I wanted to be able to read the quick quotes. And then you all got too quiet and you've been staying that way. So perk it the fuck up. You can't just keep doing clapping emojis. You can't just do four. Ooh, I did five clappy emojis. He's going to know how much fun I'm having if I do five instead of three. If I give if I give one poem three and I give another five, he's going to say, oh, I'm having a real great time. Ooh, I put a kissy face emoji. He knows how many claps that's worth. Come on now. There we go. There we are. All right, that's better. Everybody has their own emoji economy, right? There's no universal emoji economy. Everybody has their own emoji economy. Like, a kiss from one person can mean nothing, and a kiss from somebody else can mean that you're about to get oral sex, right? Like, everybody has their own emoji economy, and... Everybody expects you to be able to read their fucking emojis. Everybody expects you to be able to understand that that emoji is donating something like that, right? Everybody really, really, really wants you to understand that if they make an angry face, that that to them just means, I'm disappointed. Whereas somebody else is making an angry face, and they're literally sitting there on the other end going, <laughs> And I don't know which of the two anybody means <laughs> here's my favorite thing is when an emoji has a meaning and literally you never see it used for that my favorite example on discord is triumph i've never seen triumph as an indicator that someone felt triumphant i've only seen it to indicate frustration and irritation because it looks like somebody is blowing steam out their fucking nostrils doesn't look like somebody's having a very good time. It looks very, very angry. And so everybody just uses that. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you girls are so much fun. Okay, you guys are all aligned. All right, I asked for more chat, and now I'm going to go, and we're going to do some sexy smut, and you're all going to touch yourselves, and you're not going to chat. I gotta figure out my timing better. I really do. I do. I'm 100% do. Wink, wink, he said to all the ladies listening. <laughs> Why did they call it triumph? Because they had to... Because they had to... They, they couldn't call it brush that dirt off your shoulder. I don't know. Why did they call it triumph? Because what else are you going to call triumphant as an emoji? Winner! That's worse. If you make the emoji winner, people will 100% stick that onto themselves and nothing else. 
<laughs> Has anybody ever seen a trophy emoji and thought that that was sincere? I've never seen a trophy emoji and thought anything other than you sarcastic piece of shit. Fuck you. I've never, I've never seen a trophy emoji and thought, sure, sure, I'm being lauded. This is what esteem feels like. <laughs> One of these days, I'm only going to communicate like the rest of you. It's only going to be memes, emojis, and personal anecdotes about what I was doing that day. I'm just going to communicate like the rest of you, and then you'll see how it's like. You'll see what it's like. I'm only going to talk through emojis, memes, and literal stories about what I did that physical day, like the rest of you. I'm going to, I'm going to, honest question, honest question. Doug Adams, Doug Adams, this is, this is, this is, this is absolutely true, Douglas Adams. He's the one who pointed out to me, and I haven't ever been able to stop thinking about it. But Douglas Adams points out the fact that tons of people will just tell you what they're thinking and doing, and it serves literally no purpose. And I'm still, I'm still in my late 30s trying to figure out what to do with. When somebody I know kind of well, or even well, or like in a chat room is like, I've got an hour left at work. No matter what I say, that statement's still going to be true. No matter what I say in response to that, you still have an hour left at work. So I can't fathom the kind of mentality that, that to me, there's no difference between that and me pointing at a mug and going, that's a mug. You can put liquid in that. I don't understand the difference between the two. And so I'm just honestly, I'm just 100% asking you guys, when you when you say something that's happening at that moment or happened that day, right? When you do that, when you're like, I have an hour left at work, to a room full of people or in a DM to someone that's not, like, waiting for you, what do you want them to say? <laughs> when you When you DM something like, That's code for I'm bored. That's great. But I don't give a shit that you're... So you want me to help your boredom? Is that what it is? Because I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not even trying to be rude. You don't give a shit that I'm bored. Have you ever, 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 ever... And you think about me all the time. Have you ever sat around like, I'm wondering if Jack's bored right now. Have you ever... If I came, if I walked into your, into your DM box right now and I said, I'm bored for the next hour, are you going to start putting on a fucking show for me? What happens? What happens? I'm dead serious. If I DM you and I'm like, I'm bored for the next 30 minutes, what happens? What's your play? What do you want me to do with that information? Because I really, I want you to think about this. Somebody once said this sentence to me. Somebody once said this sentence to me, right? Okay. I've got popcorn in the pantry. Out of nowhere. Somebody said that sentence to me. I've got popcorn in the pantry. That's how they broke the silence. And I said, 
oh, are you, are you hungry? And they said, no. And I said, are you going to make some popcorn? And they said, no, no. And they thought about it for a second. They went, no. And I thought, well, I, I, I can't ask them what that's about. And I went back to work. Then two minutes later, I turned around in a flurry. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? There's popcorn in the pantry. Why did you say that? What does that mean? And the person wanted to know why I wanted to know why they said that so bad. And to this day, that bothers me. <laughs> why is it so interesting to you? You said it. Yes, it yes but I was thinking about it because you said it. We well, don't have to think about it because I said, well, but you don't have to say it. The saying is a choice. Yes, but on and on it went. And I hold that stance to be sacred before we get into the porn, right? And that is, you never have to speak. That's always a choice. You never actually have to say anything, I know. I, however much I talk, especially at like times like this, I mostly don't talk. I mostly choose the dot 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 dialogue option IRL. People will often be all like, yeah, so it's a great day out. And I'll be like, And I'm not breaking eye contact. I've got a nice little smile on my face. And that's how I, that's how I treat that situation. Because what the fuck do you want? I'm never going to see you again. What the fuck do you want? Yes, there's weather. It's true. There's weather. It's out there. So I, I'm just trying to figure out I'm just trying to figure out what you people want from me. And not only that, but here's a strange thing, because I've been going around and I've been trying to be more social both online and offline and what have you. When a popular person says, I've got an hour left at work, right? When, when a popular person in a group says that, other people will like clap and shit. Other people are like <laughs> and I this is just this is just taking me back to like I don't understand anyone else and maybe I was dropped off here by a, by a UFO because the idea that <laughs> it would even be said we've already we've already unpacked all that but the idea that it's like endearing or supportive or like it means something to the group to the group the group's like hey hey as a group we've done it as a group, he's only got one hour left, and I'm on board. As I don't... What? <laughs> just, just don't flirt with me. Like, the last couple of set, these couple times I've just basically just... I, I, I just need to come out and say, what, don't do it. I don't know how to flirt. If you send me a flirtatious meme, my dick gets soft. If you ask me what I'm doing... My dick gets soft. If you tell me what you're doing, and it's what you're doing right at that moment, my dick gets soft. Uh, <laughs> so apparently I just, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to, 
I don't know how to float. The last time I was aroused around a woman, she was berating me because I hadn't watched a true crime show. That's the last time I felt attracted to a woman. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with any of you women. No, I know how to flirt like a motherfucker. Oh, you guys are insulting me. So many people, you don't know how to flirt. I know how to flirt great. If you're flirting, if you're flirting, I know how to great, I don't know how to do great. If you say, I'm in the mood for yogurt, and you're talking about actual yogurt, and we're 5,000 miles apart and we've never met, I don't know what to do with that besides, like, Google yogurt and give you a map. Well, do you want me to ask about your yogurt cravings? Do you... What, <laughs> is this what the rest of our life would be before even fucking you? I have to wonder about the yogurt. So my big question is, how much yogurt am I going to have to wonder about after we fuck? Like, really and truly, like, deep down, if you're telling me about bank visits before anything's happened... How many bank visit stories where nothing happens am I about to hear? Right? Think of it as the equivalent. All right, here's the equivalent. I'll turn this around because a lot of women are like, I'm just talking about yogurt and winning getting off work. What are you talking about? This is interesting. This is flirtation. You don't know how to flirt? I'm talking about yogurt and getting off work. You don't know how to flirt? So let me just try and like reverse that to you, right? And just make it a guy on the other end. And he's texting you. And you'll say something, and then all the bins, some of the guys be all like, got my jersey. And you're like, oh, your game jersey, your jersey, do you want, do you go, your sports team? No, I don't want sports. Oh, the jersey, does it have, no. And then as soon as you get done asking questions about the jersey, he's just like, uh-huh. Anyways, I like hot dogs. I'm not hungry, I just like hot dogs. I just like hot dogs. Let's not talk about it. Don't ask me follow-up questions. I just like them, and I thought you should know. Okay, cool. By the way, your hair is pretty. I like your hair. Your hair is very pretty. You have very pretty hair. You have great hair. Sun's out today. The sun is out. Your hair is very pretty, and the sun is out today. Right now, the sun is not as hot as it will be a few hours from now. And then after that, the sun won't be out, and it'll be cold and dark. <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> I'm asking for, for a penis. For a penis that's very dear to me, what do you do with that? And if that's every woman these days, where do you go from here? If every woman is either just going to be talking about bank visits or getting down to fuck. <laughs> so there's a couple of you who are laughing because you have a friend like this. But there's a lot more of you who aren't laughing because you're wondering if you are the friend like this. And... <laughs> you are. You, want to... you are. Let me just go ahead. Let me just confirm it for you. You are that friend. You are. You are that friend. 
There's a second group chat in your group chat that's everybody but you. And when you when you do that, they all talk about it behind your back. I found something here. This is I found some real insecurity here. This is so amazing. Oh my god, there's women actually like screaming. Oh wow. All right. We've discovered we've discovered a real psychological Oh, I'm going to have to exploit this. I'll have to exploit that later. Oh my god. I'm never talking again. <laughs> uh, I'm never I'm going to have to work that into a stand-up routine or something. I legitimately, the two things I talked about were bank visits and yogurt, and two of you were saying, Jack doesn't know how to flirt. You literally heard me talking about bank, trying to respond to bank visits and yogurt requests, and you're like, you don't know how to flirt? I'm just going to ask, and you don't have to answer, did the women who were asking if I didn't know how to flirt at that period still single? How strange. That would so weird. Were all the women who were wondering at that point how why I don't know how to flirt, are they still single? Oh, weird. Let's just move on very quickly and not examine that in any way. How strange. <clears throat> all right. Okay. <laughs> the crowd's having a good time tonight. So am I. <laughs> she doesn't know what's gotten into her tonight. Maybe... It's the sultry summer air vibrating with potential. Maybe it's the cheeky slap on the tush from her coaster. Co-star without a dash in it. Maybe it's the way the costume fits whispering over her skin. Whatever the reason, she knows what she wants, who she wants. She deliberately hangs around after curtain call in her chemise and petticoat. Stage makeup cold-colored off in favor of a dewy natural glow. Her hair is half up, half down, tousled. She takes pleasure in getting ready for him, and he doesn't even know it yet. They flirted all summer, taking talking late into the night, once until 3 a.m., standing by their respective cars at a distance that was both respectable and intimate. She knows he loves Mountain Dew and lost his dad to cancer when he was six. He knows her cravings for salted caramel anything and her as yet untapped desire to act professionally. Through weeks of rehearsals and performances, she's gotten to know him, trust him. Anyone back there? Her cue, she looks at herself in the mirror and takes a deep breath. Just me, she calls back. He sticks his head through the door of the aluminum side of buildings that serves as a combination dressing room, warm-up space, and off-season costume storage. And you, he says in his honey-toned voice. Great show tonight. Your fight was so badass I almost forgot to call cues. She smiles. Thanks. Can I make this happen, she asks, or will I chicken out? Sorry to interrupt. You looked kind of deep in thought. I'm locking up, but I'm, uh, I'm not in a hurry. He lingers at the doorway. She inhales. Me neither. 
He comes closer, shaggy, dark hair curling over the collar of his black t-shirt and the faded logo of some indie band stretching over his chest. Someone's half-dressed, he says. She lifts her hair off her neck and tilts her head back, watching him watch her. It's uh, hot. Grinning, he edges near. Need to cool off? He offers up a bottle of water, condensation beating. Brought you a present. Good boy, she says softly. The words are spontaneous, and she likes the quiet, sensual authority they give. Come closer. <laughs> he obeys, flicking off the light so that they're both bathed in moonlight. He told her a week ago on that 3 a.m. night in the safety of the semi-dark bright stars above as they leaned against their respective cars. I'm a sub, he said, and I love to serve. She was grateful for the shadows that he couldn't see her blush. She'd never met a guy so open about his sexuality. She'd never met a male submissive. It was hot. Finding her voice, she teased. <laughs> so that's why you're a stage manager. He laughed. Never made the connection, huh? A frisson of electricity passed between them, so perceptible she could almost see it cut through the air. A short while later, they hugged goodbye as usual, but this hug was different. This hand stayed above her waist, but for the first time, as she got the feeling he wanted to explore, learn every curve. She felt his strong arms and buried her face in his neck, smelling like cinnamon and cloves. Are you okay? He rumbled in her ear, and then, anything I can do for you? Oh, God. In that moment, her head spun with fantasies so frantic she couldn't articulate even one. She squeaked an apology and broke away, started a car with her face on fire. That night, she made herself come multiple times as she remembered his arms, his voice, that last burning question. In the days since his revelation, the energy between them had been noticeably heightened. She doubts he's surprised to find her here tonight, barely dressed and all alone, waiting for him. He makes his way toward her quickly and with purpose like a stage manager. He leans against the ledge under the mirror where the cast puts their makeup on. And he gets closer. She smells him, cinnamon and cloves again and hears his breathing, and hers. Are we, are we doing this? She whispers. Then, with a grin that's both giddy and rakish, he utters the words that will set her free. Whatever you like. Curtain up. <clears throat> he holds the bottle towards her. Drink. His voice has a different timbre, still gravelly and sexy, but tentative. She nods. He looks at her expectantly, and she clears her throat. Yes. That one syllable, her nipples perk up, stand at attention. She's in charge now. 
He holds the water bottle to her lips and tips it into her mouth. She feels the liquid sliding down her throat, cooling and hydrating, but not choking. He grins, caps the bottle, and gently runs it over her collarbone. The drop of water feels so good, skating across her hot skin. She temporarily loses controls, tipping her head back as he glides the bottle over her chest, barely brushing her cleavage. She pulls him back in for a kiss and tastes the heat of his mouth against the new coolness of hers. Their tongues tangle. His hands slide down her back to stroke her bum, all of which makes her wet faster than she'd ever thought possible. She wants, she needs to take the edge off. She presses her breasts bare under her chemise, into the hardness of his chest, right before reaching up to lightly tug his hair. Eat my pussy. He pulls back and kisses her nose, surprisingly sweet. Yes, ma'am. The ledge cuts into her lower back as she perches herself on the edge, lifting her skirt. He slides the skirt further up her body, murmuring with appreciation as she seemed to have forgotten her panties. Before she can say anything, he obediently drops to his knees. His tongue is velvetly and clever, brushing over her clip before it flans against the bud. She slides her bare feet over his shoulders, feeling the muscles contract under her arches, sighing at the decadence of it all. She tosses her head back so hard that she hits the mirror. He lifts his head. Everything okay up there? If anything, his adorable concern makes her more excited. She'll have a bump on her head, but so what? She grins. I'm perfect. Yes, you are, he whispers. As he probes her with his tongue and then his fingers, she's mesmerized by the graceful movement of his head, outlined by her skirt. She can feel deliciously naughty in the night air, fragrant with the flowers of sawdust from the scene shop, clutching the ledge with her hands as she thrusts her hips to meet his mouth. A groan escapes her lips. Soon, she's fucking his face, forgetting everything as she bucks into his mouth. She lets go, giving in to the orgasm that's been building since last week. Get up, she commands once she catches her breath. She massages his neck and then kisses him deeply, tasting her spice, and maneuvers him closer so that her legs can wrap around his waist. He whimpers, and she can hear his gratitude. Undress me, she says, lifting her arms like a queen. He pulls off the chemise until her bare skin kisses the air. She hops off her ledge and squeals as he uses his teeth to tug down her skirt. He's on his knees before her again, and she runs her fingers through his hair, pulling lightly and hearing him moan. She helps him to her feet and jerks her chin at him. Your turn. He grins, pulling his shirt over his head to reveal... Pierced nipples? She asks, not bothering to hide her awe. What's that like? His eyes twinkle. The more you do, the better it feels. Is that a fact? She murmurs, encircling around him. Standing on her tiptoes, she licks the sweat off his neck, pulling his hands around her naked waist. They kiss hungrily. Her hands run up and down his back, and she gives in, tugging the spike stud through his right nipple. Fuck, he cries out closing his eyes. She pauses and is quick to reassure her. That's incredible. You're incredible. 
He leans in, tongue flicking her ear as he whispers, Do it again. Please? She prompts, coyly running a finger down his torso. Please. He begs, and she tugs both piercings. Now he's the one giggling, a high-pitched sound she'd never expect to come out of someone so masculine. It makes her happy, knowing he's into this. She pinches his right nipple, and he kisses her, hard and thirsty. She can't resist anymore, and rubs her wet pussy against his cloth, his clothed crotch as she tweaks his nipples until she comes again with a cry, soaking the fabric of his shorts. Fuck me, she commands. He frantically unzips his shorts, pulls them down with his boxers so that his hard, thick cock springs forth. She leads him a few steps away to the table in the center of the room, cluttered with stray action detritus, including a box of condoms the actors use on their body parts mid-pack. She hands him one, turns around, and braces her hands on the table. He enters her slowly from behind, the tip of his sheathed cock pressing into her wetness. Beautiful, he whispers, bending over to stroke her tits. The deliberateness with which he enters her is exquisite torture. She wants more. She grips the edge of the table deeper. She hisses, and he chuckles behind her, insubordinate. Now! He thrusts, filling her completely. They're both drenched in sweat as he moves in and out of her, slowly at first, then with increasing rapidity. He drags his tongue along the back of her neck, and she grabs one of his hands and guides it to her clit, which they finger together. She looks over her shoulder and sees some wild hair and sharp cheekbones illuminated by the moon as he goes deeper and feels it again, the intense pressure building to a climax. She moans, shocked by the volume and urgency. He keeps working her clit, thrusting over and over as a guttural sound becomes an operatic, glass-shattering scream. After he pulls out and casts the condom aside, she leans against him and slides his arms around her. She turns her head just enough for their mouths to meet in a deep kiss. He nuzzles her neck until she realizes how dry her throat is and says, Water. He crosses to the mirror. She oogles his bobbing erection, his tight ass. Wait, she says. He turns around. She props herself up on the table and extends one finger in his direction. Take care of yourself. He bows his head just slightly, acquiescing, before gripping his cock with one hand. He flicks his nipple with the other hand, the muscle in his arms popping up as the strokes increase. She leans back and runs a hand over her nipples, teasing her fingers down her torso to her pussy, then back up to her breasts again. His eyes widen at the sight of her. In the mirror, she can see that taut back, his muscular ass, her own hungry face. And she can tell how close he is. Carefully stepping off the table, she gets on all fours and crawls on the floor to him. He watches her, hands still frantically working up and down his shaft, kneeling at his feet. She issues one final order. Feed me. He shoves his cock in her mouth, and she relaxes her throat. She sucks fast and frantic, loving the taste, wanting to relieve his aching cock. On her own terms. Oh, God. 
I'm close, he chokes out. She goes harder, one hand resting against the back of his muscular thigh, the other cupping his tight balls. Just like that, he whispers in a deep throats, all his glorious length. She hears, oh fuck, oh fuck, here it comes. He thrusts hard and shoots down her throat, and when he pulls out her mouth and looks down at her with relaxed tenderness, she gazes up at him and whispers, Good Boy. Good Boy by Lauren Emily <clears throat> And if you think I'm so good this is where you pay me. This is where you pay the man. If you think I'm sexy, this is how you show me. You give me that fucking money. I don't know. It's for you. All right. <clears throat> I'll let the women who are tipping me tip me as I move right on in to our second piece of smut for the evening. Ask any college freshman what they most crave, and I bet I know how they'll answer. Sure, they might want to escape from the cafeteria food or a quality fake ID. What they really yearn for is some time alone. Tonight, I finally had it. With my roommate spending the night at her girlfriend's apartment, I wasn't going to waste the opportunity. I glanced at the door to ensure it was locked, and then I grabbed an inconspicuous black case from underneath my bed. Back under the covers, I removed my yoga pants and then my underwear. I started with lube, squirting it onto my fingers and rubbing it slow in tantalizing circles around my clit. I felt the familiar rush of hot and cool spread through me in an agonizing, alternating sensation. Then I reached for my truest companion, a purple rabbit vibrator. I turned it on and felt it thrum to life in my hand. On the lowest setting, I dragged the pulsing tip down my neck and my nipples, my stomach clenching in anticipation as I moved lower. First, I teased my inner thighs. I ran the toy over the shivering skin, feeling my wetness build and a gasp catch in the back of my throat. At last, I slid the shaft of my vibrator inside me and selected the buzziest setting. As it rumbled inside me, its ears tickled at my hard clit. I clenched my pillow tight and stifled a scream. But who said I had to come just once? I wanted to savor the still exhilarating privacy, just as I would make myself savor every second of the next orgasm. I put the toy on its lowest setting again, the hum quiet, gentle, but persistent. Despite the light vibrations, I felt my lights flutter close and my muscles in my legs start to soften. At this point, I usually upped the intensity. But this time, I had resisted the impulse, drawing out the shuddering, intoxicating moment as long and as far as it could carry me. After all, I had all night. Later, in the co-ed bathroom, I performed the rest of my ritual. I scanned under the stalls and listened for a sound of shower water running. Once I confirmed I was alone, I started washing my vibrator in the sink, lathering the soft silicone with warm, soapy water. 
Just as I began contemplating another solo session, maybe this time in the shower, I heard the unmistakable sound of flip-flops slapping against linoleum, getting closer and closer until... Hi, Maeve. How's your night going? I te- Oh, shit. Never mind. Hold on. One second. Hi, Maeve. How's your night going? I tensed, feeling goosebumps spread across my skin as I looked down at what jest I was wearing. Short cotton shorts that revealed the underside of my ass and a tank top with no bra. I recognized his voice instantly. Um, good, I stammered, struggling to push the vibrator underneath the rapidly draining bubbles. Instead, I accidentally turned it on and rushed to silence the unbridled pulses. The laugh that seemed to reverberate off my bare shoulders told me nothing about the moment, had proven subtle. That's when I turned to look at him. Ezra Sanderson. I took in his dark curly hair, his long, leanly muscular limbs, and his light blue eyes, which betrayed a mix of surprise and... Was that intrigue? Seems like it's going very well, he mused, his body lightly brushing mine as he headed towards the shower. I tried to avert my stare as his shirt fell to the floor, but our exhilarating close quarters had other plans, forcing me to confront his sexiness with every swivel and dodge of my eyes. His broad-defined shoulders and their toned contours of his stomach both captured my gaze in the mirror. Several seconds passed before I could tear my attention away. That's when he pulled the curtain closed, tossing his shorts over it a second later. I couldn't help but imagine myself in the shower with him, rubbing soap down his body with a slow, confident touch as I explored every muscle I'd just seen, his cock hard and wet against me. I wondered how big it was. I wondered if it could make me come, even though I didn't have much experience. Stop. But it was no use. My thoughts started to spiral further, to visions of him kneeling and spreading my legs, him realizing just how much I wanted him as I eagerly rode his face. This is against the rules. Sure, I masturbated a dorm room with super-thin walls, but fucking my resident assistant? No way. Not even if it served one of my most common effective fantasies. Not even if every interaction with him, even the times when he happened to bump into each other at the most communal recycling bin, made me flushed and desperate to feel his hands on my hot, pleading skin. It had been that way since the day he helped me move in. Something about how he never complained about the number of boxes or how I couldn't decide where any of them should go. With his easy, natural presence, he felt like a strangely familiar comfort in a new, uncertain territory. And lately, nothing seemed more uncertain than why I'd never had sex. But how could I know he was even interested? Was that impossible? As the water came to a stop, Ezra craned his head out of the curtain, mesmerizing me once more with the glinting suggestion of his stare. Still cleaning up? I was misinterpreting what seemed like a thick layer of flirtation in his voice. As I pushed through the thoughts out of my head, he stepped closer, his mouth almost against my ear. Remember, Maeve, as your RA, it's my job to teach you all about college. If you ever need anything, just stop by my room. If I ever need anything, 
Like what? Study advice? Or... My face burned with embarrassment as I recalled the bucket of condoms he held out on the floor orientation. I definitely needed something, either to calm my erratic heartbeat or, oppositely, to memorize everything I could about this moment to inspire me the next time my roommate went out. This time, I could be sure Ezra was vibrating the vibrator in my hand. Don't get too loud tonight, he chastised me. The edge in his voice was gentle and teasing, making me wonder what he'd do if I betrayed that suggestion. Wine hours are still in effect, you know. I went to Ezra's room minutes later before I could silence the desire that overwhelmed my thoughts. I stared at his name at the door until the letters melted together and lost all meaning. I wonder if I should just head back to my room, to my fantasies, to all that alone time I so often pined for. But now that I'd seen half of Ezra unclothed, wet and inches away from me, now that I'd sent the raspy ting of potential in his voice and smelt the sandalwood soap on his skin, now that he'd hinted that he wanted me too, I felt too close to pull away. I took a deep breath and looked down the long hallway. With no one to be seen in the low fluorescent light, I knocked, and the door opened. May. I rushed in before I lost my nerve, barreling past the once-again shirtless, gorgeous boy in front of me. <clears throat> you said... I forced myself to meet his eyes. You said you'd help me with anything I wanted. Right? Right. Confusion and amusement played along his face. I stepped closer to him, shrinking the distance between us in the small dorm room. Suddenly, I was hyper-aware of the proximity of both his lips and his bed. I placed my hands on his bare chest, curling my fingers, and looked up at him. Is this, is this okay? I asked. We both leaned in at the same time. His lips brushed mine, soft at first, then rougher and hungrier, as I opened my mouth to the taste of exploration that beckoned. A moan escaped me as he tugged my bottom lip with his teeth. One of his hands slid up my shirt and found the underside of my bra, my breast warm and swelling beneath his cool, sweeping touch. The other caught the windfall of my hair, and the kiss weakened in my legs and made me lean backwards. Meanwhile, his hands ravaged the fuzz that trailed down his lower abs, and my self-consciousness began to evaporate. We moved instinctively to the bed, a strong, unyielding inner force guiding our tangled, frantic collision. I pulled him up to his body, resting against mine. As he spread out on top of me, I felt the bulge in his pants grow, pressing harder against my leg. He caressed me over the thin layer of my pajama pants, his fingers moving methodically. I started to rock against him. His hand brushed the inside of my thigh, moving higher and electrifyingly slowly. I pulled away breathlessly. You should know, I, I haven't done anything like this. I told Ezra, not knowing what to expect as the words settled around us. In the anxious Google scrolling I'd done since I'd started college, I read that guys usually had two reactions. Total recoil, or a gross, macho amount of enthusiasm about being a girl's first. But Ezra surprised me. He ran his fingers through my hair, twirling the messy bedhead waves. 
His touch traveled down my neck, waking up a prickling erogenous zone that had been long dormant and waiting. His lips soon followed, lightly sucking my skin proved to be sensitive. The tender tug of his kisses trailed from my neck to my collarbone, each deliberately placed to provoke my exhale, my hand in his hair pulling him more firmly against me. He moved his lips to my ear, nibbling it, and then parting his lips over my eardrum so that I heard his sharp intake of breath on high amplified volume. The sound spoke to a deep, rumbling sigh that somewhere both distant and alert inside me. A release. You can take it as slow as you want, he whispered. Or as slow as you can stand it. My breath caught in my throat. He wasn't the only one with a sexy line. As I intertwined my fingers with his and placed his hands on the zipper of his pants, prompting him to remove them, I kissed him with more intensity. Will you teach me? I murmured. I want him to teach me how to give him what he wanted, how to arrive at what I wanted, how to navigate all the fierce want buzzing through my body. I've been waiting for you to ask me that. Ezra slid my shorts down my legs, his sure, smooth contact lingering on every curve. Once they lay on the floor, he shifted his concentration to my underwear. He edged his fingers over the lace, his hands leisurely rubbing up and down the length of my squirming crotch until he pulled my underwear aside and he slipped two fingers in. I felt my mouth widen against the heat of his neck as he teased the full mound of my clit. He stroked. The full of his thumb was purposeful and steady on my firm, dripping pulse, while his fingers plunged in and out of me, sinking further and further. The slipperiness he found made it easy. I shuddered at the pattern, shocked to find that I could still stun, still be stunned, unlocking newfound levels of moisture and desire. Even when I began to meet the repetition of his thrusts, I naturally tilted and buckled beneath him. It wasn't just that Ezra was guiding me, but I turned out I could direct myself along with his touch. I felt myself unfold and unravel for him. My hands clutched at his shoulders, scratched down his back, held him tighter to me as I screamed into his skin. His breath grew more desperate and rugged. It seems like we should take these off. He barely managed to say. Of course, I knew he was referring to my underwear, but what I didn't anticipate was for his head to disappear under the sheets and for his teeth to drag against the waistband. I felt their unexpected sharpness skin my pelvic bone. He took them off with a savoring, unbearable patience, tasting the evidence of how much I had already come. How many times do you usually orgasm? He asked. Before I could break my surprise silence, um, once... His head dove between my legs. His tongue prodded me softly, short licks against my clit. Though his legs began to tighten around his head for a second, he got enough air to bring me to the next stage of our lesson. So when you're ready for me to go faster, Maeve, he suggested, just say it, and I will. Yes, I gasped immediately. Faster, 
Instantly, all teasing and restraint vanished. His tongue danced and writhed inside of me. With each skillful stroke, my thighs clenched his face harder, but I still needed more. He read me just right. He didn't stop until he pushed myself into a seat. I looked down at him, watching his eyes widen as they met mine, reacting to the rush of my wetness. Quicker now, my exhales emerging in deepening size, I leaned my head back, and I lived out the fantasy that had flashed through my mind earlier. I rode his face like it was the best, most enthusiastic sex toy I had ever had. It was like earlier that day in this moment, the fantasy and reality collided. Ezra sucked every drip from me as the second orgasm flooded my body, this time even more powerful and more trembling than the first. It was, it was even better than I thought it would be, I admitted as we collapsed against the bed and Ezra planted a kiss on my forehead. But you didn't. Tonight was all about you. Ezra interjected. As soon as I thought about getting you off, I wanted to be the one to get you there. Besides, you've already been loud enough. But tomorrow night? I traced the outline of his shoulders and kissed him one more time. Quiet hours are overrated anyway. That is Quiet Hours by Flora Ray. Hope you all enjoyed it. <clears throat> well, we're just going to have to take a guess on this when it begins with dialogue untagged. So let's just jump right in. <clears throat> Miss Smoke. Felicity paused where she'd been organizing the midterms from earlier in the day, her hands freezing in midair, one still wrapped around a red pen, and the other shuffled between some of the tests. She didn't respond. She just stopped. Felicity, he said, dragging her name out the way he always did. A shiver danced down her spine, her eyes slipping shut, and she licked her lips, sucking her top into one, top lip into her mouth. She slowly stood up, knowing without having to look, that he was at his desk, in his chair, watching her. Come here. His husky voice was a little like a caress, and she set her pin down and turned, her eyes finding him immediately. Their eyes met, and her stomach dropped. His face was impassive, but his eyes, they were alive with heat. Deep Krulian pills, pilp, deep Krulian pools, searching right into her. Her mouth went dry, her lungs stopped working, her skin tingled with awareness, with the memory of his touch. Calloused palms dragging down her spine, hands in her hair, her lips around his thick cock, subtle that had never been shaved, burning inside of her thighs, his face buried between her legs, ropey scars all over his body, bruises he left when she rode him, when he gripped her tightly, guiding her movements, thick hair between her fingers, fisting it as she pounded into her. It all skated over her nerves, a memory of her reminder, his eyes knowing exactly what she was remembering, and promising so much more. Come 
he repeated softly, and she was moving toward him without further provocation. He watched her approach, and she watched him watch, watched him notice the slow roll of her hips, the way she licked her lips, the flush creeping over her exposed skin. She'd worn the dress knowing he liked it. Do you have any idea how hard it is to watch you walk around? Watch you bending over, the skirt riding up, their eyes on you. Did you wear it on purpose, Felicity? For me. It had thin straps that were very tight across the bodice, dropping down into full-bodied skirt that barely grazed her mid-thigh. His eyes followed the flowly lines, slid down her shapely thighs, down to her heels. She's the only war to see the way her eyes grew darker, the way his lids grew heavy. She stopped in front of him, and he slowly turned his chair to face her. Are you wearing panties? he asked. Felicity nodded. He licked his lips, sending a wave of heat scorching through her, knowing exactly what that tongue felt like on every inch of her body, but he didn't move. She never knew what to expect from him, what he was going to do. He had to know it left her frazzled, left her senses heightened, left her skin literally aching to be touched, her sex throbbing, her chest so full it might implode with need. Her nipples tingled as they hardened. His eyes dropped to her chest. Her professor reached for her as she moved into his hands gladly. He'd exploded when he touched a sharp shiver dancing down her spine. Felicity's hands landed on his shoulders, moving to his neck, and she scraped her nails under his ears, making his eyes flutter shut. He leaned into her touch, pulling her to stand between his legs. His hand slowly moved down her waist, following her lush lines down her hips and thighs. Felicity sighed softly and pressed her face against the crown of his head, taking a deep breath. She leaned against him as he pressed his face into her middle, his hands reaching her bare skin. They both sighed when he finally touched her, grazing his fingers over her soft skin, moving up underneath the skirt. Her heart skipped a few beats, anticipation and trepidation making his touch all the more precarious as he moved. Her chest tightened with desire, her stomach clenched with need, excitement licking at her insides. Felicity turned her face, resting her cheek on his head, and closed her eyes, giving herself over to him, to the sensation only he could give her. His hands moved up her thighs, his fingertips barely touching her, leaving a trail of fire. Every inch she covered hiked up her desire for more, so much more. He needed him to grab her, to throw her on his desk like he had last week, to make her straddle him or to push her to her knees. But he didn't do anything but move slowly, deliberately. She whined his name, whispering a strangled please, but he didn't give her anything. He only touched her until she was panting, until her hips moved slightly, seeking friction. He took his time, reaching her panties. He hooked his fingers in them and tugged them down. The material got caught at the juncture of her legs, and she spread them, the wetness soaking through her panties, leaving a sticky trail down her thighs. But he didn't pull them all the way. Now, 
Felicity looked down at him, her brow furrowing, realizing at last that she shoved her hands into her hair and pulled her away, pushing her from between his legs. Come here, he said gruffly, spinning her. Felicity sat down in his lap, wrapping her arms around his neck as he lifted her away, readjusting her, letting her feel the hard outline of his cock pressing against the seam of his pants. She bit her lip, and he smirked at her. She licked her lips and wiggled just enough for him to groan. A wicked shot of triumph soared through her as his hips arched up to meet her, rubbing, and she felt him swelling, growing harder. Felicity. He choked and then wrapped his arms around her hips, nailing her in place. He looked up at her, his eyes hooded, his mouth gaped in a soft, needy pant for her. He needed her. She made him needy. Made him fly apart at the seams. Made him look at her like he wanted to eat her alive. Felicity whimpered at the thought. His other hand slid over his thighs, her thighs, and her breath hitched, her panties tight enough that she couldn't spread her legs, couldn't encourage him. She could only wait. He smiled at her, just a hint of a smile, and then he pushed his hand between her thighs. She gasped brokenly, spreading her legs slightly, giving him as much room as she could. Their eyes stayed locked on each other for as long as his fingers found her slick heat. He slid his fingers over her, barely grazing her clit, her nether lips, barely grazing anything. She moaned, and his smile disappeared, replaced with a startling intensity. He teased her, dragging the tip of his middle finger along her wet seam through her wirely curls, just barely touching it. Felicity tried to move. She spread her legs more and thrust up against his hand, but the arm wrapped around her hips kept her still as he continued to slowly torture, watching every reaction. A surge of wetness coated his fingers, soaking through her skin, and a heady flush rolled over her. His eyes dropped to her lips, and it took too long to realize that her nails ached painfully because she gripped his shoulders so. He gripped her fingers between her <clears throat> He pressed his fingers between her puffy, wet lips, and it started around her entrance. She gasped, arching her back, unable to tear her eyes away from his, and then he thrust it into her. Felicity gave him a tiny cry, her head falling back, her inner walls clamping down on him. He pulled it out and added a second finger, thrusting into her again as she tightened her hold on him, letting him hold onto her, knowing he wouldn't let her fall as she concentrated on his fingers, filling her throbbing channel. Yes, she hissed, the word ending in a choked whine that grew louder with each moan. He barely moved, thrusting into her shallowly, keeping his fingers pressed deep inside her. She felt his eyes on her, felt him watching her. He pulled his fingers out of her, and she arched her hips, wanting him back, but slid them up, soaked with her juices to her clint. It was already hard and ready, and he rubbed it, making her grasp desperately, her fingers digging into him. She begged, please, 
His movements were slow and unhurried, and it was tortuous as he built her up with a tender slowness that made her feel like she was replacing all her blood with acid. The heat inside her spiraled further and further out, tightening at the same time, her pleasure mounting. She spread her legs, needing more, rotating her hips from the friction against his fingers. Felicity, he breathed, his voice taut with need, and his eyes flew open, flew to his. His pupils were blown, his cock hard underneath her. It was only made her wetter. He groaned, shoving his fingers back down to her opening. Without warning, he thrust three into her. Felicity cried out, her hips thrusting back. Fuck Felicity. He groaned, and she blindly grabbed his face, her lips crashing against his, his teeth cutting against her lip as she kissed him viciously. He returned the kiss with just as much ferocity, his moan vibrating through hers, his other hand sliding up her back to the back of her head, keeping her pressed against him as his fingers thrust into her. His thumb slipped through the wetness, finding her clit, rubbing it with each tiny thrust. And it was to push that she needed, as his fingers filled her, stretched her, over and over and over. Oh, God, Felicity whispered against his lips, pressing her forehead to him as he rode his fingers, his chairs squeaking with their combined weight. She panted the pleasure starting to spiral out of control inside her, heat traveling across the surface of her skin, the heady waves that left her unable to concentrate on anything. Oliver, she gasped, repeating it over and over, his name a litany upon her lips. They breathed each other's air, his fingers thrusting, his thumb on her clit, her hips grinding down, his hand on the back of her neck, keeping her anchored to him. Oh, God, oh, God, don't stop. Felicity stunned suddenly, the pleasure inside her peaking. She froze, every single cell in her body focused on the pleasure he was giving her, on her hand, thrusting between his legs, on everything, before she exploded. Felicity shouted as a release shot through her, her voice carrying through the empty classroom, her nails digging into his face. She cried out, his hand not stopping, his fingers still on her clit, riding the orgasm out with her. He kept thrusting, her inner walls clamping down on him, wanting more, needing more, until it was too much, and she grabbed his hand, stilling him. Shh, he whispered pressing his lips against her limp ones, his hand still tight on her neck, cradling her as she came down. Shh. Oliver, she whispered, an aftershock making her jerk in his arms, a pitiful cry slipping out as he pulled his fingers from her, gripping her thigh with his fingers. They didn't let go of each other. Her heartbeat slowly returned to normal, her breathing evening out. She slowly became aware of his hardness. She still sat on his taut breaths, his hard grip. Felicity pulled back, taking him for a moment. God, he was gorgeous. Flushed with unmet need, his jaw clenched, his lips swollen. She kissed him, and he groaned, his fingers on her thigh flexing. 
It quickly grew more passionate as she nipped at him, her hips rotating against him. She pressed her chest against him, the stiff material of her dress rubbing against her hard nipples, their sharp protest when she pressed them against his body. She stood up. She was still shaky, still vibrating from the orgasm he'd given her, and moved to pull her panties back on. But he stomped her with a rough, leave them. Her eyes flew to his before she did exactly that and slid to her knees, her fingers already working on his button and zipper. She rubbed him through the material, and he leaned down, gripping her face, pulling her up to kiss her again, and her hands worked between them. He held her tightly. The kiss was wet and sloppy, his legs wrapping around her, rolling his chair closer as he finally gave her the gift. A knock interrupted them. Professor Queen? They both froze, breaking away from each other instantly. For an eternal second, they just stared at each other, neither moving and then waiting. Then the knock came again. Oliver cursed under his breath, helping her to her feet before she shoved his hard-on back into his pants with an agitated hiss, nodding his head to the bathroom. Go clean up. You still have papers to grade. You really think my brain can handle pound pass one right now? He smirked and they rolled over. She yanked at her panties just so that the student knocked again. She moved to the bathroom and his hand shot out, grabbing hers and pulling back. He gave her a searing kiss, one that felt straight to her toes before pulling back. We're not done here, Miss Smoke. Then he let her go. But she wasn't done either. As Oliver rolled his chair back to his desk, readjusting the obvious uncomfortable bulge in his pants, she leaned over him and cupped him through his pants, making him gasp, his eyes falling shut. No, not. She whispered into his ear and then disappeared into the bathroom as he yelled, his voice cracking slightly. Come in! The end. Well, that was disappointing. I really wanted to end on that one, too. Uh, I really, really wanted to end on uh, somebody getting blown tonight. I guess no dudes getting blown tonight. That's okay. Sometimes there's just no blowjobs. We, we had a reverse thing going on tonight where all the women got oral, but none of the men did. Guys, <clears throat> season one. We did it. We did it. And it was amazing. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it. This is where you can pay me and you can show me. And you can give me all the appreciation and all of your money until I ask for more next month for my birthday. Uh, but this is where you can do it. It rocked. It did. It was very sexy. It came out on time. It was great. The episodes that had a lot of high uh, audio work were all very good. The episodes that were all very basic came out very good. The high story stuff came out good. The fun stuff came out good. It all came out good. And I'm so excited. Uh, season two. I mean, just listen to how my voice sounds. Give me a little bit of a rest. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a dynamo. I'm very excited. I am suddenly a little bit tired. I haven't smoked weed in the last four hours, so it's definitely not high. I'm suddenly just a little bit fatigued. <laughs> so that's why I'm running out of gas. Don't think that I didn't have an amazing time tonight, because I sure did. I really did. I hope you guys did too. We had a lot of wonderful poetry. We had some great sexy smut at the end. I had fun rambling at the beginning. Hopefully I wasn't too fucking loud this fucking week. I'm really self-conscious about that. I'm sorry, guys. 
Uh, you guys have just been a lot of fun. You really have. You really have. I've been having a great time with you. You've been a wonderful, wonderful, supportive crowd. Thank you for everything and everyone. Fucking tip me. Fucking pay me so I can buy a fucking pizza. So I can celebrate. I haven't had anything to eat out in two weeks. I love to get a fucking pizza. I'll see you to anybody who's doing the gaming stream. I don't know if it's going to be a scary game for Saturday for the first time. It might just be a nice game for the first time because I can't find a scary game. The closest I found is Surviving Mars, but it is still going to happen uh, at the regular time and place. You can find out all the information about all the streams. GreatNightErotica.com. You can go to the live stream button. You can see where the next live stream is going to be. Yes, there's going to be more tip shows throughout uh, until we're back. Until Allie's away in America, we're going to be doing tip shows, and maybe even after, if I can figure it out. So uh, the tip shows on Friday nights are going to continue through. I'm going to try for a Saturday show coming up here in the near future as well. Uh, I will post information about that on the blog, on the Twitter, and all the rest. If you're not following, if you're not subscribing, if you haven't rated the podcast and you listen to the podcast, all right, you should definitely rate the podcast, don't you think? You guys really are the best to me. I do appreciate you. Season one. We fucking did it. We fucking did it, kids. We got it all out there, and it looks amazing. It feels really good. I feel really good about it. Been doing the scribbles at about the beginning of season two. I'm excited. I really am. I think this is going to work out great. I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying it as well. That is going to be the end of the tip show for tonight. Thank you to everybody who listened. Thank you to everybody who came out. Thank you to everybody who requested everything. Thank you to everybody who tipped. It's all only possible because of you guys. Thank you so much for it. This is my favorite thing to do. This is my favorite couple of hours in the entire week. I get to be a god. I get to get praise. I get to entertain people. It really is about the most fun gig that you can get. Thank you for being a part of it. That is going to do it for us. Hope to see you next Friday night out at the tip show. See you there, especially since there's not going to be a normal episode, and you're going to miss me so much. You're going to miss me. So I'll see you on Friday. Thank you very, 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 very much, everybody. See you then.